Welcome to the Falkirk FC podcast. On this month's episode, I'm joined by Head of Youth Development, Tony Begg, and the Football Development Officer for the Falkirk Foundation, Dave Mackay. In this episode, we discuss the rebuilding of the Falkirk Academy, the pathways available for young players to develop, and the great community football work done by the Falkirk Foundation. If you hear a bit of background noise in this episode, that's due to this being recorded right before the Dundee game, so the stadium was getting a bit busy. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform. Now make sure you get every episode downloaded straight to your device as soon as they're available. Now, here to talk everything youth development, here is Tony and Dave. Tony and Dave, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us. No problem. Great to be on. Yeah, good to be here. Tony, the fans probably know you from your Falker TV interviews. And Dave, the fans may not know you yet, but can you just introduce yourselves to explain what your roles are at the club and what your backgrounds are? Absolutely, yeah. I'll go first, Tony. So uh, I'm David Mackay. I'm the Football Development Officer at the Falkirk Foundation, and I'm also a Youth Academy Coach at Falkirk Football Club. Uh, kind of my role involves looking after um, all our community teams, and uh, I look after the Scottish FA programmes as well, um, as well as some other you know, ASN and para-football programmes. So I'm in, a, I'm in a fortunate position where I get to work with all our players and see our players on the pitch and if, if there are any that are of a decent level then we can maybe um, signpost them towards the academy setup. And Tony, what's your current role? So, so my job title is Head of Youth Development, so effectively looking after um, the academy provision for the club. Um, so I started the role in August of this year. I've currently got an under-16 group um, an under 18 group and we're about to start a new under 16 group in January so the way the seasons work is kind of January to December so a new under 16 group so for the first half of next year we'll have three teams um, looking further ahead than that it's our intention for hopefully the start of next season that we will have a team in the SPFL Reserve League as well um, so that's kind of the current academy provision um, and as I say I started in August You maybe talk about how the SFA work out the categories of every development system how, how do we fall into that because I think there's been a lot of talk about what system we are using could you maybe just talk about what how the system's currently running how well it's running and the way it kind of falls and what the SFA rank uh, youth systems yes. has yep so the SFA academy system is called Club Academy Scotland and it effectively has three tiers really so the top tier, if you want to call it, if you want to call it that, is called the elite level, and there's nine clubs in the in the elite level. Um, the ones you would expect: Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Dundee United, uh, Hibs Hearts. Um, so that there's nine of those. The criteria for that is a team at every age group from under 11, under 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, under 18. A whole host of full-time roles in that. So. They split the academy into children's academy, a youth academy, and a professional phase academy. So the head of children's would be full time, the head of youth would be full time, their under 18s coach would be full time, their analysts would be full time, medical provision would be full time, and so on and so forth. So a, a huge kind of undertaking, uh, full time staff along with um, what, seven or eight teams, whatever I mentioned there. Um, the performance tier is the next tier down from that clubs such as at the moment I think Livingston, Kilmarnock, Greenock Morton, Partick Thistle, St Johnston, Inverness, 
uh, Ross County. Uh, so I think it's about nine of them as well. The same number of teams, but um, not so many full-time staff, if that makes sense. So it kind of just drops down, drops down a level from there. And then the the third tier is the tier that we're in at the moment, where the only requirement is to have an under-16 team and an under-18 um, team. So in our games programme at the moment, there's ourselves, Stirling Albion, Elgin, Montrose, Queen of the South and Aloha. So I think we've got six or seven, Airdrie as well, so six or seven. Probably teams that are playing at a similar level to what our, our first team are playing. So the academy system doesn't have to mirror the first team system, but clearly the more money you have available for youth development, the more full-time staff you can have, the more teams you can have and so on and so forth. So that's how the... That's how the system works at the moment. What we've been trying to do is the the other tiers that I mentioned there, they have an odd team. I said they're like they've got nine teams. So mm. what we've been trying to do, and we've been reasonably successful since August, is tried wherever we can to play the spare team in the other tier. So over the last two or three months, we've played Kilmarnock, we've played St Johnston, we've played Morton, we've played Livingston, and a couple of others as well. So... We're trying to kind of do a, a, an additional games program, if you like, on top of the um, academy games that, that the Scottish FA give us as well, just so we get as, as rounded an experience as we can for the for the players. So, what kind of experience are the academy players getting now? Are they down training two or three nights a week? Yeah, so so games? currently the um, academy players train three nights a week. Within those three nights a week, they'll have two gym sessions, they'll have three 90 minute pitch sessions, they'll have a classroom analysis session, so all their games are filmed, they're tagged, the players watch them back, sometimes they're given tasks to analyse their own performance, the coaches will go through what they've done well at the weekend, what they need to get better at in their game at the weekend, what they're going to work on in the in the game coming up the following weekend, they'll show clips not only of their own games, they'll show clips of first-team games for Falkirk, of how they play and how we want to try and replicate that. They'll maybe show clips of international football, Scottish Premier League, English Premier League, good play for teams as well, just to give the, the players an idea of what it is they're, they're um, looking to achieve on a match day. We have sports science testing as well um, on a quarterly basis for the players. So... We'll do their projected height, we'll do their speed, we'll do their power, their balance, um, all that kind of stuff so we can monitor that over a period of time which helps us to identify, for example, if a young player's going through a growth spurt, what you'll find um, at the time that they're going through their growth spurt is they kind of lose control of their body, if you like, and look a wee bit like Bambi on ice, if you can imagine, they suddenly become all arms and all legs. And, <laughs> That can affect their performance, obviously, on a match day, but it can also make them more susceptible to injuries. So the point, you know, a big point of doing the testing is so that we can identify when that player's going through that, and then the coaches and the sports scientists can maybe reduce their game time, um, reduce their load in training, maybe train less or do a different type of training. Um, so they're getting, I think, quite a quite a rounded. Um, experience and support mechanism when they're when they're in the academy. So as much as we're not at the elite level where we've got teams for under 11s to 18s, we're not at the elite level in terms of having, <clears throat> you know, a number of full-time staff. 
I think what we are providing the players is, is similar in terms of we're doing analysis, we're doing gym sessions, we're getting good sports science, the games are all getting filmed and tagged, you know, they're getting individual development plans and all that kind of stuff. So I think I think the staff that we've got in the academy are, are doing a great job in making the best of uh, what we've got so that the players do feel do feel valued and we think we're giving them as much support as we can to help them on their on their journey. Sounds like you're mirroring a lot what first team guys would do in terms of analysis and looking yeah, back absolutely. what they're, they're yeah. doing. So that must be a good ground in education for them to, to do that now yeah. for the younger. It's not just turn up training. It shouldn't be. You know, it shouldn't be if a if an under eighteen player. So at the moment, our pathway goes under eighteen to first team. You know, hopefully next season we will have a step a step in between that. But it shouldn't be a surprise for someone to go into a first team environment from an academy and see analysis of for the first time you know hmm. um, or, or be doing stuff in the gym for the first time or doing testing for the first time so it's our job to make sure that we're preparing them for the next step in their career whether that's in Falkirk's first team whether it's beyond that or you know whether whether it's below that in the pyramid system our job is to prepare them to go and be um, competing in adult football at whatever level their ability and their attitudes and their performance is, is going to take them to yeah, I would, I would echo that. Um, I've, this is the fourth academy I've worked in and kind of the environment here and what the players get is, is as good as anywhere I've worked. I've worked clubs in the elite here for, for many years before I came to Falkirk um, and the experience I've always got here, like I said, like Tony says, is, is as good as anywhere regardless of the current tier that we play in. Um, you know, they do get everything, like you said, like the first team get. Three training nights, um, you know, you could argue players, the first team players, maybe have an extra one or two sessions per week. Granted, they may be in the gym more, but the facilities we have here are, you know, they're in place and to, to develop the players. And um, you look at the standard of the gym we've got here and we've got the pitches, the access to both pitches. So the players have, they have everything they need really to develop and, and uh, take their game to the next level. Yeah. So... When you guys are looking at young players here to bring into the academy or the guys that you're working with now, what are you kind of looking for in a player? Is it pure technical ability or is there other things that you're looking at to say, this boy could be a first-team player at some point, this boy needs a bit more coaching over here. Is it just technical ability or is there a load of other things that you're analysing as you're going through? So we've got a, we've got a um, position-specific academy recruitment um, plan that, that that says what do we look for in a goalkeeper? What do we look for in a right back? By, you know, you can go right through the team and we'll go. What are the physical, technical, and tactical attributes that we would be looking for in a in a player to come and play in the in the Falkirk Academy? Just similar to what the first team will do as well when they're doing recruitment for the first team. They'll, they'll have certain attributes that that they look for. The difference, I suppose, with the academy is that we're not we're not expecting a, a, a young player that we're trying to recruit from you know a, a local grassroots club to be ticking all of the boxes um, and all of those criteria and all in all of those positions. So we're looking for certain certain you know technical attributes and, and um, physical attributes and mental attributes as best as you can as best as you can gauge them. You know um, when the recruitment talent ID ID. The guys are out watching games. So in terms of where the academy's going next year and the following years, where do you see it maybe going three or four years' time? Where, where does the club want to grow it to? So the the Club Academy Scotland works in three year cycles in terms of moving through moving through those levels. So the next time is the 
sorry, end of twenty twenty five, start of twenty twenty six, when you can move from one level to another, and um, that's kind of the, the window for that. And that works quite well with the club's five five to six year plan overall as a club. Uh, you know, as to where the first team want to get to and where the club want to get to. So the idea is that by twenty twenty five slash twenty six, we'll jump up a we'll jump up a tier and be into that kind of middle that middle bracket. When you jump up a tier, what are the kind of benefits for the club? Does it is it access to different players because you can sell them on different teams you're playing? Is it it's, what is it open it, up? So it's more if you go one up, you need a team at every age group. So you're talking elevens, twelves, thirteens, fourteens, all the way up to eighteen. So if you imagine we're we're having to do our recruitment at the moment, the first time we're doing it is for under sixteen. Hmm. So it's a smaller kind of pond that you're fishing in. If you like, whereas if you if you can have teams at the younger age groups, then you can compete with all the other academies right at the start of the young players' journey. So what what that will allow us to do is a 11, 12 year old be able to have a conversation with a player who's not signed with any professional academy, and then give them a choice. You know, so Falkirk's a choice. Well, I don't know, it's the same Motherwell might be a choice for the young player at, at, at that time. So it's our job, if we've got an offering for them at that age, to convince them that Falkirk's the place for them. We're not able to do that until they're 15, turning 16 at the moment, where you know most of them are already hmm. um, at academies. So the pond we're fishing at the moment is late developers and grassroots, of which, of course, there are. You know, there are plenty of late developers who didn't get picked up by academies when they were 11 or 12. So that's where we're looking at the moment, or at the moment players who are maybe falling out of other academies at 15 or 16. By having a full academy, it allows us to um, start that process at the same time as everyone else, really. Hmm. So the foundation at the moment is teams all the way through. I guess moving to the next level will open that up as a potential pathway into a full-time academy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we have a full male and female pathway all the way from under-7s to, to senior football. Um, yeah, we, we lose players. You know, Regularly, we'll lose maybe a few a season to academies from the younger age groups going into children's academies and some some players going into um, youth football like Tony says kids are can be late developers so the opportunities may come for them when they're slightly older um, but yeah obviously the, our academy here at the football club having a full pathway will only support the opportunity for the players at the foundation as well in terms of the foundation and what wages was it from seven plus was it under sevens all the way to seniors all the yeah. way to adults so effectively anyone in the community that wants to come can come and look at what the foundation offers in terms of football. Yeah. And then in the future there will be a potential pathway there. Yeah. Is, there, is there any pathway there now for some of the older teams? Yeah, that, I mean there is. You know, I'm I'm fortunate. I've I've got all my coaches on the ground here really, my eyes and ears. Um if a player's doing well and playing consistently and, you know, achieving at his own age group, then the coaches will talk to me about that and then I'll I'll go and have a look at the player over a period of time. And if we think their levels of performance and their attitude, of course, as well, and their conduct are consistent of for the needs of the academy, then those kids will get opportunities. So in terms of the moment, if there's someone listening, a parent or, or a child who is looking to join an academy and sees focus as an option, uh, how do you go about recruitment? Is it trial days per year? Is it bringing people in that have maybe been in contact? So we don't. So we don't do any open trials for the for the academy. Um, so if you take the New under sixteen group where we've been actively recruiting, you know, pretty much a whole squad for that. Then our talent ID team have have been out across the across.
across the central belt of the of the country if you like watching games. We get players recommended to us. Absolutely, we get we get um, parents contacting us. I'll give you an email address for that for players um, parents that contact us looking for looking for trials. What we would normally do is ask what club they're playing with, and then do our best to get someone out to watch them playing playing for their club. And then if if the talent ID guys watching them playing for their club, um, think there's potential there for that you know player to play for Falkirk, then we'll, we'll invite them into. Um, trial with the with the age group that they're um, trialing for. When a player comes in to the academy setup, do they leave the teams that they're, they're playing for and come here full time? Is is that not on the tri- not on the, not not if they're coming in on trial? Just, no. just when they, so, they sign. Yeah, yeah. So so what so what would happen is, let's say um, our talent ID guys are out watching a game at the weekend and they like, they like the look of a player, the first thing they will do is contact the player's club um, say that they would like to speak to the parents, they need to get permission from their club first to speak to the, the player and their parents if the club grant us permission to do that which 99.999% they do, then we'll have a conversation with the parent, we'll invite them into training in conjunction with their club, so for example we train three nights a week. If two of those nights happen to be the same night that their own club is playing for, maybe they'll only come into us one night um, a week so that it doesn't interfere with their club. Maybe their club will be happy for them to come in for two nights with us. If that's the case, we'll get them in for two nights. We'll work with our club depending on where their games are. So certainly our games are a Sunday in the academy. A lot of the grassroots games are Saturdays. So... They'll play with our grassroots club on a Saturday. We'll invite them along on a Sunday to play in games. So we'll do it over a, a six-week period so that, you know, because young players coming in an academy can be di- quite daunting for them. So, you know, we need to make sure that they're settled and comfortable and can then, you know, be confident in, um, in their own environment to then go and um, give a good account of themselves. So we'll try and do it. Work with our club. Player develops. Well, it has to be about development. We want we want to give our players the best opportunity to progress. That's our job. Our jobs our jobs to make them better, to make them feel comfortable, to give them a positive environment to, to grow. Yes, of course it's helpful if, if we win games and breed confidence with the players. Um from my I take the under sixteens. From my own point of view as a coach the past season, have we been competitive? Absolutely, yeah, we have been. Have we been as consistent as we would like to have been? Possibly not. Um, but you will get levels of inconsistency with younger players. We accept that. Have I seen progression and development in the players? Absolutely. Across the board and for the whole squad, I would say all of the players have developed in the season. So the focus is on a weekly basis to put challenging you know, sessions on, on, on for them on the pitch um, to support that development. So no, the goal is not to make sure that we win all our games, but... I like to think if if we're developing the players properly, then then those things will come as well. So where does your guys' satisfaction for the job come then? Is it just seeing a player progress week on week, or is it seeing someone break into a first team, or over a season you look, we've won 20 games, these guys have done better, where does it come from? There's probably, there's a number of different levels where, as a, as a youth coach or a person who develops young football players, different levels that you look for. The obvious one at the older age groups is who can go and get a first team contract, whether that be at Falkirk or whether that be you know, whether that be someone else or who can who can leave the academy and go into 
um, first team football. So that so that's a a measure of success. Let's be honest, that's the whole reason the academy's here is to get players into ideally our first team. You know, but if it's not our first team, then we want them to stay in stay in professional football if we can. So that's the that's the obvious the obvious one. And then it's about as, as Dave touched on there. It's about seeing the young players develop and get better and the things that they're good at can they get even better at them and the things that they're not so good at can we get them to a level where they're they're, uh, they're, they're competent at those things is winning the be all and end all absolutely not but the players have to have a desire to win so is it the coaches sole focus on a match day to win the game no it's not is it the players Desire to go and win, it absolutely has to be because you're not going to be a professional football player if you don't have a have a desire to win. The coach has to find the balance and has to work with the young player to find the balance. It can't all be about winning, but because part because part of being a professional football player is that you have to have a competitive winning mentality. So that would, we have to prepare them for that journey and prepare them for that eventuality. But uh, the age groups we're operating at, it's not the be-all and end-all. Do you guys need to develop that mentality in players or do a lot of players come just with that sort of mindset that they have to win? I think we need to work on it. I think more so now than maybe 10 years ago. Um, we need to give them the tools that they're going to they're gonna need to progress. Success for us, for me, for my under-16 squad, how many players can I, can I make sure are, are ready to go into the under-18s? How many can I get through? That would be progression. Um, do we have to drive that winning mentality with them? Sometimes we do, but as you are, as I'm sure you're aware, different personalities, different players. You know, they come from different clubs, different areas of the country as well. So you know, with that brings different challenges for the players coming in our, our club. So yeah, sometimes we do need to encourage that within them. But you know, the the. The environment can be challenging and demanding, but it has to be really, it has to be demanding from our point of view. Um, so we need to know the players can, can compete when they go into the older age groups and they can handle those pressures and ultimately go into first teams. Yeah, so yeah. building up that resilience That's so it. they're ready. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's taking them on that journey to build their resilience and, and prepare them as best we can for what it's going to be like to be a, a football player. It must be quite rewarding then when you see guys like Pierce Carroll coming to the first team, comes on against Edinburgh, I think he got two assists in his first game. Seen guys, young guys come through, it must be yeah, so it's it's, it's for any For any club in any academy, players playing in the first team is a real um, point of celebration for an academy, because it's why we're here. Let's be honest, my job, our job, is to get players through the academy, into the first team, and at a club like Falkirk, is to get them in the first team, play however many games, help the club to achieve its objectives of getting promoted or whatever we are at the time, wherever we're at, and then ultimately to sell them and then reinvest that and go again. Yeah, it's great for the fans as well because it's something to buy into when they see a young boy come through and do well. And it just it builds a positivity around the team. Every club's the same. I, I think there's nothing better for a, for a fan base than seeing players on the park that have come through their system. Totally agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I... I've been here, I've been at the foundation now se- seven years, so I've seen the full journey from the club's academy, from the old Fourth Valley Academy. So I was involved uh, when it was it was in place at the time, relatively successful. And then the decision obviously being made to, 
to finish it all and then the news that it was going to start up again so it, I made the decision I was at, I was at another club at the time and knowing that the academy was starting here again it made sense to me being hopeful that there was an opportunity for me to coach here because I worked here and I knew the club and, and yeah, I knew the people involved so I was delighted to get my own opportunity to to move into the academy here at the football club. But a brilliant thing for the club if this gets maybe not to what it was it'll be something different but to at least get that coming through and seeing those players coming through every week. Uh, I'm delighted that the board are um, fully bought into the club having an academy again. I, I wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't get that feeling from the board but they're they're fully invested they see the benefit of having an, an academy and I've said I've, I've stated the obvious one there if you produce your if you produce your own players it stops you having to buy players and ultimately you can sell those players and you know generate a profit and reinvest that back into the club and and I think for clubs like Falkirk then that that's that's the best model you know to to move ahead and I genuinely think and it's going to take time it's very, 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 very early stages, you know. It's going to take time to to build the whole thing up again. But I think it's I think it's really exciting. The the facilities, as Dave touched on earlier, the 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 gym facilities great. You know, the stadium's brilliant. Young players because it's a three G patch, we get to train here, so we play on the patch, we train on the patch. Everything's everything's there for the club to to kick on and and hopefully have a thriving academy again. And the club announced uh, an academy partner a few months ago. And Hannigan Hotels. Yeah. How, how do things like that help you guys? It just give you more resources and encouragement to, yeah, exactly. to keep going? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it gives us more resources, it gives us more encouragement, as you say, to, to, to keep going. And it just allows us to do more of the things I spoke about right at the start about analysis and gym and sports science and all that kind of stuff. Investment like that helps us to, to do all those things. And, and without that investment, then we can't do as many of the things as, as we want to do. Just touching back on the foundation again, how is the how's the foundation system running now? How many kids do you, do you have coming through every week? It's busy. A lot of kids across all our programmes. Um, I mean, our teams with our male and female pathway, we're with 650 players within our participation programmes. That's just kids that come along once a, f- once a week for a, a bit of football, a bit of fun. There's another maybe 300 in that, and we have... Baby bairns and mini bairns starting from 18 months old. Um, we've got about 150 there, and there's some additional activity in, in the schools as well during the day. So, about 1,200 kids a week. So, it's uh, it's busy. We've got a lot of wonderful coaches that deliver the programmes for us, and we've got some amazing volunteers um, that support our community team delivery. Yeah. So, yeah, it's thriving, thriving at the moment. Um, girls football and the girls and women's football on the up after the Euros, and you know all the positive messages surrounding that as well so yeah it's, it's in a good place in a really good place so if someone wanted to bring their kid along if the kid wanted to come along how do they how do they go about that yeah they could just contact the office there's, a, there's an email address on the website and you we'll get back to them right away usually if the child's starting their journey in football we would signpost them towards one of the participation programs give them a little feel for it and if they're quite serious about their football they usually end up in one of the teams quite mm. quickly and what about parents? Uh, is there roles for them to volunteer in, or if they wanted to go on a coaching pathway themselves? Yeah, can absolutely. They go through that we, with the su- we support any new volunteers through through coach education, first aid, and, and safeguarding qualifications. So, our new teams, if we start new teams, so for example, in the new year, I'll be starting my new under seven boys team. So, we're, we always look for new coach volunteers uh, to come from kind of the parents' group 
to, to then support the teams and, and the coaches mentor them to be to get to a level that's needed to, to run the teams on a weekly basis. That must be a huge thing the Kovka are proud of, that you nearly know, 700 kids a week are going out and playing as part of their the foundation yeah, with the badge on it's a, it's amazing it's a wonderful thing um we've got a hundred got a hundred volunteers that support all that so they're really the lifeblood of what we do as well because without them we wouldn't have those teams on the pitch every saturday or every weekend sorry so yeah it's, it's a pretty amazing really so case for optimism for not foundation but the academy as well as it goes forward i think so yeah i think i think the future's genuinely really bright your dave talks so passionately about the fact that there are all these different programs and and all the and all the local schools and seven hundred players, seven hundred players, and then you know we, we go into the academy and we've got big plans to to grow that and hopefully in two or three years time you know we'll have a we'll have a full pathway again and by then hopefully we'll have um, some of those players getting into the first team. Hopefully by then you know the club will um, be above League One as well, and you know I, I think everything's genuinely on an, on an, an upward trajectory, and it's an exciting time to be involved with the club. How does the first team, you know, the results we're in the league, how performance? How does that affect you guys? Um, not directly working with them, does does it kind of affect the morale of the, the youth teams and everything, or are you kind of separate away from it? Well, from my point of view, I work. We work at the club, so. You know, you support the club, even if even if it's not your first allegiance. But you, you know, you end up supporting the club where you are. We're, we're here tonight, and we're at every game. You know, we have half time activity on the pitch. Um, every time the first team are at home as well, so there's a big connection there. You know, our our youth players attend the games regularly as well. I think more and more of the the young players are coming to attend the games. Does it affect us? Does it affect the way we work day to day? Well, no, it doesn't. But um, I guess any. Any poor result for the club is, um, affects our thinking, affects you know, how positive we are about it, but we're always positive about you know, what they can achieve and we're always hopeful. Half a season ago, still plenty of games to play, plenty of point, points to play for, so they just need a wee run and I'm sure they'll get at the top of the table before the end of the season, hopefully. Um, from an academy point of view, we're very fortunate that... Um, the manager and assistant manager take a real keen interest in the academy. And the manager's at as many under eighteen games as he can as he can possibly get to, which in my experience you just you know, is not is not common. I think that's fantastic. I think it's great for the young players um, to see the manager watching when they're playing. I think it gives them a real a real boost and a sense of belonging at the club and that's really what we're trying to do. We're we're, we're trying to be one club moving forward together um, in the right direction and yeah we do work we do work closely together and I think um, as Dave said as well a lot, of, a lot of the young players come and watch the first team and, and I do I, I, you know so as Dave says if the first team don't have a favourable result at the weekend then it doesn't change anything we do in the academy um, on, a, on a day-to-day or, or weekly basis but the more successful the first team can be then the more successful the academy can be the, the whole thing is it, for me it's just one club pushing pushing forward in the right direction. Yeah. So in terms of fans' expectations in the next few years, is it a kind of way and things will develop and come on or have you got your eye on a couple of players who so so it's a it's a slow burner that needs that needs patience in order to get players from an academy and their first team. It's a huge jump to go from sixteen, seventeen playing academy football to jump right into the first team. 
it's a it's a it's a huge jump. So we're trying to bridge that gap. Um, as I say, with potentially something in the SPFL reserve league next season that, that allows the players to you know take an extra step on their journey before having to um, be expected to play in a first team, if you like. So I would just call for call for patience. I think I think um, it's early days, but I think we're moving in the right direction. I, th- I think we're doing the right things, and if we can keep moving forward then hopefully in the not too distant future we'll start to see players in and around the first team squad well, Thanks you guys for your time um, you got any more you want to speak to the fans about now? No, thanks no. very much well, Thank Thanks you. for your Thank time, you. it all sounds positive uh, appreciate you coming on and best of luck for the rest of the year Thanks very much, appreciate it Thank you Tony and Dave for this month's podcast if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the Fog FC podcast on your chosen podcast feed. That makes sure you get every episode as soon as it's released. So thank you very much for downloading and we'll see you next time.